Welcome, welcome, everybody, to the middle of the season. Uh, as you can see, we have a very, very uh, black tie affair as I sit here in my gray t-shirt and Brett sits here in his blue jacket and red polo. <laughs> it's a very... It's a, I'm, I'm dressed up buttons and the top button is buttoned. Button. The, the top button of the... Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> that is not good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because there were no matches last week or this week, we, you know, what what uh, what else could you do other than mid-season awards? You know, we have half the season to look at now. We can give some awards to it that who will see if they translate, like, what, three, four months from now when we do end-of-season awards. But we have... 13, 14 different categories that we kind of went through. Some that are like genuine awards that actually are given out. Others that are just us being silly and we wanted to award some shenanigans that took place during the season. There wasn't anything funny this season. It was serious, serious high-level play by professional organizations. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... <laughs> So we kind of have them organized in a handful of categories, and we'll just kind of go through in order. So first, we'll start with kind of the the individual-based awards, the the ones that are standard for the most part. So MVP, Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year, and the Most Improved Player. These are like the first three are awards that are actually given out. Most Improved, I guess, isn't, but it's like in professional sports, Comeback Player of the Year is an actual award. So we'll treat it off that. So I'll, I will start. Uh, we'll just go one at a time. So. We'll start with MVP. For me, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I, you couldn't, I couldn't root against proper. I don't think there's a single player that has more impact in like every match he's played than proper. And like, if you took proper off of the shock, uh, they wouldn't be undefeated. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I think uh, that's an okay call, and, and I think. That might be the the correct answer, but I I decided to take it from a little bit different of an approach. I was like, I feel like the MVP should be on the top team, and I knew you were going to say proper, and so I decided to go with someone off the Glads, and I was trying to think who on the Glads was kind of the one that that was the most consistent and uh, the the most solid player, and I I think. There were a few players that had really good pop-off moments, but mm -hmm. I think the most consistent for the Glads was probably Reiner. You can make an argument that Kevster's been more of the linchpin for the team than Reiner has been, but I I considered Reiner for MVP, but the reason that I didn't was because if you took Reiner off of the Glads, I think Space probably would be able to do somewhat of a job. It's like, I don't think Reiner is the best player on his team. I think Kevster is the best player on the Glads, whereas Proper is the best player on the second best team in the world. I, I feel like DPS gets too much credit. Well, I, but, I think... but in 5v5, it has to now. It's Not like, necessarily. How many, how I mean... many times has Proper single-handedly like basically won maps for the Shock? Yeah, yeah, Proper has, but, but I don't think every team that's the case, and I don't know that that's necessarily true with the Glads. I, I think you take any single player off the glads the rest of the team is really solid oh, yeah well see that's that's the i thing, think that's though. It's true like, with, it's MV, even, with mvp but... it's like most valuable player to that team where if that team didn't have that player they wouldn't be as good as they were and it's like if you took proper off of the shock they're nowhere near where they were whereas if you took reiner off of the glads the glads would still be a really good team 
So it's kind of it's kind of iffy, but I mean, moving to rookie of the year, I gave Ryan a rookie of the year. So I it's like proper and you gave proper. So it's like yeah. we we have them one and the same. I just felt like proper is more of an MVP than Reiner is, and Reiner's like the rookie of the year because I mean he's definitely probably like the best tank in terms of consistency and play and flexibility that we have in the league. Like some yeah. other tanks kind of come close, but he's the best one they've got the best you know top yeah. three in the league at least whereas proper is like clear number one dps no one really comes close and is as hyper flexible as he is cons as consistently as he is because i feel like outside of maybe kevster there really aren't any other dps players in the league that have consistently performed because it's like profit sometimes doesn't do a whole lot fleta has fallen off the planet yeah recently but i mean like proper and reiner i feel like you could interchange them and i didn't... yeah i think both of them are really consistent both of them are are really mind-blowingly good at the game and i think they're kind of the future of the league yeah uh i mean because like when i was thinking of mvp candidates it was like proper reiner kevster it was like basically the glads roster and proper <laughs> yeah uh so you know those two can be interchanged but then we move to coach of the year and i I feel like there's like the correct answer and I picked the correct answer and you probably did too. And then there's like other answers. So I went with Christopher from the Spitfire. Yeah. I, I don't think uh, you can really. No, it's actually pronounced Christopher. Christopher. Correct. Christopher. The, the, the capital F. <laughs> it's like other people like I've seen on Reddit and stuff. People would argue like, oh, face should get coach of the year. But it's like to to that argument, it's like. It's not like Christopher came in and took a one-win team and brought them into become a top six league, top yeah. six NA team in a in a turnaround season with basically the same players. Whereas Face took a team that had already won the last stage playoffs in 2021 and then just made them slightly and made them better. It's like he took a good team and made them better. Whereas Christopher took literally, arguably one of, like the one of the worst teams in the league last year and made them into a top table yeah. team. Well, the big thing is coming into the season, everyone looked at the rosters. There were all these videos out there analyzing. There were, there were three types of teams. There were teams we knew would do good because they had solid players and, and such. We had teams that we knew would do bad. Mm -hmm. One of those was Spitfire. And then there were teams that we didn't know a lot about. The Spitfire were, was a team that we, we knew the players well enough that, that we knew that they weren't going to be a top team. And then something changed. And something I, changed. I think, you know, the players didn't change. The organization didn't change. And I, I think good coaching is the only good explanation as to what kind of... Well, and, and we've seen what's happened with not good coaching. And it's like, I mean, there's clear coaching yeah. diffs in this league. Oh yeah, and the Spitfire are on the, not, the better not side of that. Throw any shade, but Excel. <clears throat> hey, well at least they, I mean they just released <laughs> Kooky, so you know. Yeah, so it's whatever. But, but um, it's like next... Christopher is the clear answer. So most yeah. improved. Let's just stay with the Spitfire. I put Hottie gets my shout out for most improved player. Yeah, I, th I think Hottie is really good. I love the Spitfire, and anything Spitfire is beautiful. But I actually went with something different. I, I went with what we, at the beginning of the season, saw as a weak link on it on a good team mm -hmm. that ended up coming out and, and winning, um, you know, just being a, a really consistent strength for that team, and it was Patapan. Really? I think, okay, yeah. Yeah. 
because if you look at his um early season play you know especially week one week two we had some big concerns yeah. about him being in the league and then in the last i i think even in the last match the finals he was the one that got player of the game and i think there were a lot of moments in you know both of the stage finals that he really popped off and i think he has shown that like when it matters he can play the game really well yeah and, and so to see the improvement from like week one patty to like to, to mid-season patty mid-season patty yeah, it's like night I, and day when you when you're when you because for me i was basically i i did my most improved based off of last year to this year so i was, I was like hottie from last year mm-hmm. hottie last year was atrocious and oh hottie yeah this year is like the best arguably the best reinhardt in the league but it's like if you're just looking for the you know the the perspective of just this season then yeah potapon from week one to now is definitely the most improved because any other player that wasn't performing well is probably on a bad team and well those teams have not um, well and a lot of the teams that i mean a lot of the players that aren't performing well it's like they're old players that we've seen them i mean the the players that started out playing pretty poorly this season a lot of them are players that we know have the skill to do better like we've seen them in past seasons do well and they just aren't performing yeah. up to what, what we think they should so i think hadi hadi and potapon are good it's like hadi from last year this year and potapon just from the beginning of this year to the middle of to yeah. now i don't think there's any other players that really are, are are like either of them that fit into either category so i'd say yeah most improved yeah. based on just the season potapon and then most improved from last year definitely hadi um but unfortunately, most improved isn't an award that's being given out. But those first three would, and I would say that Proper and Reiner probably will win one of those two. And if Christopher doesn't win Coach of the Year, then that means Spitfire did something tragic in the second half of the season. Yeah, I think there's a chance that they give Patty one of those, just because I've seen I... like it seems like the casters and stuff. I like, I feel seems like Potty. A lot on Potty him. The problem though is that Potapon sometimes gets out. He he gets outshined by Kevster, yeah. so Potapon oh, I, I to agree, consistently but... outperform Kevster, whereas Reiner doesn't have to outperform anybody on his team. It's like yeah. the only he's competing against like Mikey and Kaluge, and Reiner is way more flexible than Kaluge and Mikey. So it's like Reiner is a better shot at Rookie of the Year because Proper is yeah. going to get MVP. And I think what it'll come down to is whether people feel like giving someone else Rookie of the Year. Yeah. I, that's what it's going to come down to because if people I don't, don't think if it. people don't care then proper will just probably win both of them yeah and i hope that isn't the case i'd like to see someone else like have two different people win those awards rather than just yeah. the same person um so uh well, well enough of the the serious topics let's get to the let's get to the fun stuff so the next category Woo-hoo. of awards we're going to get are the, the 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 plays category so you know uh, these awards are related to certain types of plays, you know, certain types of moments that have happened. Uh, so the first one is play of the year. This doesn't mean it was like a super awesome play, but it's like the most memorable, the best play that we remember of the first half of the season. So would you like to uh, to start us off here? Yeah, so uh, my play of the year, um, I did some thinking, and the play that really stood out for me is something that I really remembered was just Lee Jae Gong booping um, like the entire enemy team. Uh, and I oh, think the clip's yeah. going right now. Yeah, I got it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, on the, the Hunter's Dragons game. And oh, this was, man. this was, uh, 
really early. It wasn't this like the first um, this was early week on, that they I were think. playing games. I think it was their first week of play. Maybe their second, but I think it was their first. And uh, it was just a really good performance. And and I feel like Lee Jae Gon, like, this not only is the most consistent, but seeing him like pop off on this map was so beautiful. And, yes. and so I think... This was just super memorable for me. The good old 4K. That's his map. Lee Jae Gone Tower. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. I will never forget last season when he got like seven environmental kills over the course. I think he he holds the record for most environmental kills in a a match. And it was on one map. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's a good one to have. Mine... You can call me biased on this one, but there's good reason. So I picked the Outlaws, Pelican specifically, clutching the the kickoff clash match against Toronto Defiant. Because I don't think that there this match, this play, like has just the perfect combination of being in a LAN environment. And I think that's what gives it the most like oomph and it gets it gets it over plays is that it happened in the kickoff clash so you had the audience reaction and because it was in a, an elimination match because like there have been a lot of a lot of aces in the league so a lot of a lot of teams have gotten a lot of players have gotten aces but n- not a lot of players have gotten aces or effective aces in a super clutch elimination playoff match in front of a live audience because well there's only been two events <laughs> and i think the live audience aspect of this is what makes it oh, yeah. the most memorable because i remember watching this happen and i was freaking out and then you hear the audience freaking out and and it was an elimination match and even though it it, it wasn't map five so like if the Outlaws hadn't had this happen, they still could have won map five, but it was just so crazy to watch Pelican get nanoed and then take out the ulting soldier, the flanking Zarya, and then just literally everyone else that showed up. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's been was... another moment in any match this season that has had this much on the line and had someone show up in this these final moments, and then you just add the crowd element to it, and I, yeah. I, I don't think it can be matched. I think this oh, yeah. it's, it's pretty undisputed, and we have at least a summer showdown and hopefully end of season playoffs to get more moments like this. But it's like, yeah, there were like super clutch and awesome moments in the mid season madness, but there was no crowd. So like yeah. any kickoff clash clutch moment automatically trumps any mid season madness one because you have the audience. Well, there. and it just, it, you know, seeing these clips with the, um, with the crowd cheering and stuff, it just feels like what overwatch league should feel like, you know, it's like this is the Overwatch League that got me hooked. The Overwatch League we were promised, and then COVID said, yeah. "I'll take that." <laughs> Curse you, COVID! Curse you, COVID! So, I think those are two good plays. Uh, mine, I was just at literally most memorable play that won't be forgotten, and yours was just a classic Legion doing Legion things. So now we move on to. Uh, the best C9, best in quotation marks, obviously, because it's not good for the team that it happened, you know, that had it happen. But for us viewers, it's there have been so many this season. Yeah, oh my there were a lot to choose from. There were so many, in fact, that the Overwatch League the other <laughs> day already, posted. We're only halfway through and they already have a C9 montage. And it was a pretty, pretty, pretty solid length video, you know, it was like a five minute video good, or something good, like good that. 
Yeah. So my, I, I will, I will go first on this one. I, I don't think that there has been another C9 this season that has been as tragic. Like it, it wasn't like one of those where you get super upset. Like, why weren't you on it? This was just tragic, just sad to watch. And it was rain against the Houston Outlaws. This C9 okay. was just, it was, uh, uh, I, I don't, it's like, it's just so tragic that it happened to the rain. Like overtime almost ran out like four or five times. Lastro gets nano boosted on Lucio. And Hawk goes into the pit. Venom goes in the pit and then Nero just ults and the outlaws flip it and they just win it. And the, the, the expression on Hawk's face when it happens, like you can just see, you know, the Hawk despair kind of thing. It's like, it was so painful to watch, but also like so memorable and so funny. I just like, I don't think there's, there's been another C9 this season that has been as tragic in terms of like yeah. it was it it was just unlucky. It wasn't like somebody stepped off. It they it was just a bunch of unfortunate events that happened at once. Like yeah. Hawk fell into the pit because he punched Pelican over the pit and then he just fell down. And then Nero thought he was gonna like it was just a bunch of unfortunate a series of unfortunate events is mm-hmm. is what this C nine can be described as. And it like lost them the match, and it's like outlaws should not have won like literally outlaws should not have won that they were 100 percent losing that so i that's that was my pick for for best c9 or i guess worst c9 so the thing about c9s is c9 gives and c9 takes and so uh, i also no. did the houston outlaws <laughs> but on the- and you might think which one? Oh yeah there were a lot to choose from outlaws had some bad ones this one was uh outlaws glads um on week eight day three on gibraltar Gibraltar, and it was tragic and the thing that makes this one so painfully bad for me this was the one that i watched that i was like there is no way that he wasn't touching because like when the camera shows the cart after he's on it he's on cart like on the cart and when they showed it from a different angle and stuff it's like that this was the match that made me think Oh, they've definitely changed the hitboxes or something. Like they, I swear, I'm, I'm I swear they, they changed them. And and this match is why because he was so close to touching Dante was, and I still think it's a touch. I still give it to the Outlaws, and I I don't know that it would have made well, a huge difference, the, the but I think is... it could have. And the big thing is, is this match was a three zero, and and I think this potentially was was the momentum stopper you know that this could have been and 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 what's even funnier is that literally the map before the outlaws had an even more like an actually egregious c9 on new queen street yeah had those two c9s not happened, the outlaws could very well have been up 2-0 against the glads in this match yeah and and think about this they were both six and two going into this yeah like imagine how where the season could have gone if like the outlaws had gotten the momentum of beating the gladiators yeah i mean the outlaws would have finished top four seed for the midseason tournament because they would have had higher they would have had more points uh yeah. than the, the dallas fuel which i don't know how much of a difference that would have made but it would have helped the outlaws out a little bit because i mean this was their only loss during the summer sh- during midseason madness yeah so it was like had they won it they would have gone six and oh and they would have been it would have been them and the shock would have been the two six no team so it was just like it's funny because that isn't the most egregious c9 
from them in that no, match, but it but was it, like the, it was it was one of those where you're like, "There's no way he didn't touch, right? Surely, yeah, just yeah. what?" So yeah, um, and it looked like it, and the fight was going their way for the most part, right there, and it was just it was painful. It was it, painful. It yeah. So you know, outlaws give outlaws take. I don't think more. I think the outlaws may have been on involved in the most c9s this season or at least close to it it definitely felt like it and maybe it's because we were uh more hurt by them <laughs> I, than... yeah maybe because i was more hurt they were more memorable but you know anyways enough of the c9s ne next award is my favorite one was my favorite one to name because i was trying to figure you know i didn't want to just name it like worst play or like you know no no this is this is the what were they cooking moment you know the most egregious play that you saw in this first half of the season where you saw it happen and you're like what what was the thought process what what what, what were they cooking uh would you like to uh, would you like to take this one first yeah so mine was less a single play and more a map and this map is what the heck mayhem why were you playing hog oh yes Come on, yeah YouTube. so it was uh also on gibraltar back to back yeah um but like the what what was the hog. thought process it was so bad it was so painful yeah, and wouldn't swap hog. off and uh yeah it was uh it was pain What's a lot so of pain funny is this was definitely the momentum killer for the mayhem because they had just taken eichenwald and like pretty good fashion oh yeah it was an awesome map and, like they had just beaten rain with like the ryan rush comps and then they come on to gibraltar and you just see someone roll out on hog and you're like okay i mean i guess hog and might before be... the match started he was hovering other things and it's like maybe then... if, if it was like oasis maybe king's you know king's road dorado maybe but like the quintessential dive map and you pick hog <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what Gumba was, what he was up to on this one, but it was, yeah, I remember watching that and being like, wait, why are we playing Hog? And then I think it was after the match, I think it was Apply or McGravy was like, got it, never playing Hog again in a competitive <laughs> environment. <laughs> yeah, no, that yeah, was definitely it. Was, it. It, was, uh, it was pretty, pretty egregious. That's so good. Well, my my what were they cooking moment comes from the the definition of what were they cooking matches. Uh, the end of Titans Justice. When Titans take the lead and then proceed to go, you know what, let's take a fight on the Justice's side of the map. And instead of backing up and taking it, you know, middle of the map, they kind of int, you know, they use window and they just feed while the while the while 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 the bot's moving. And you're like, okay, Titans kind of threw away a little bit of momentum, but you know, they're coming up on overclock, you know, maybe they could build up a you know a pulse bomb or something. Once they get here, they can contest from the bridge, and you're like, you're waiting, you're like, all right. Here comes the fight. Here comes the fight, and, and then they just no don't. fight. And no fight. So no fight. They just they just don't don't touch. See, I was considering they putting, were tired. I was considering putting the end of this match as best C nine, but that was like no. Everything. But that it wasn't even a C nine. They didn't even, even get close to touching. Like well, no, but like they chose not to touch. They could have. Yeah. It was so bad. But it was the it was because of the decision they had made just before that to take the fight where yeah. they took it like that window from skyripa was like what huh what are you doing yeah. skyripa you could have used so it like on the bridge as they were coming around or like you know taking the fight in the main hallway that with long sight lines that would have been great but instead they just do this and 
as Mr. X says, the butt scratch does not activate. <laughs> It, it was, was so bad. This entire that entire match was the definition of like the most egregious match I have ever witnessed, because yeah. it was just a mistake after mistake from both teams, and I'm like, I I I didn't I didn't I didn't even know what I was watching. And moving into the next award, you know, teams clutch up. We had like play of the year and stuff, but teams also do the opposite of clutch up, and they do the anti clutch. And oh, yeah. would you look at that? Oh, my moment is, oh, also from the Titans Justice match when Aspire on, on Circuit Royal kills six people. He kills six people and the Titans lose. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I, Aspire was clutching up, but the rest of the Titans go, no, thanks. We don't want to win and throw, away, we, they throw away the clutch. <laughs> <laughs> like aspire literally kills the entire justice team and then one and the titans still just don't do anything like i don't know it, uh, if there if, if this isn't the definition of anti-clutch from a team i don't know what is when one of your players literally kills the entire enemy team moreover and you still just lose it's so painful and it's like also it's like even map one of the series on you know New Queen Street, Justice give up like a 100 meter lead and can never like finish the match, even though they like they get like a bunch of sleep darts in the back from Vigilante. It's just like, ah, uh, uh. so you know, this match kind of hurt to watch, but you know, yeah, a little bit pain, a little bit of pain. So, I, I thought what would be funny is, uh, if what would be the best funny? play. And the worst play were uh, the same oh, player. Oh, yes. I... And so I went with Lee Jagon <laughs> on King's Row where, you know, he, he was, he's he's a good player. He He's oh, wiped man. full teams before. Oh, man. And uh, so he just uh, ran it down he mid, as they turned... say in League. I, what's so funny is, like, not only did he run after MN3 and get killed, but then Lip did the exact... It's like they lost the team fight that they had just won because two of their players decided to run forward. It's like Izayaki gets caught, Boyd gets slept, and Lip's just running away. So like, painful. They were going to win that map, too. There was only 10 seconds left in the match. At, like, 20 seconds of the left in the match. And, like, that just led to Shanghai getting 3-0'd by the fusion. <laughs> yeah, it was uh it was good good play. Good good I I, I was Lucio. considering using this one for the what were they cooking moment because <laughs> it was just so funny to watch. Yeah. Lee Gon just running in and just just, just dying. getting wrecked. <laughs> and it then was what beautiful. and then what happened as a result of that? They just lose the map. Not as direct result of that, but like as you know, it just snowballed. They they won the map. If they win the map, if if they don't feed like that, it's just, yeah yeah. It's it's, uh, it's so funny. Terrible. It's so funny. So that was the you know the plays bit you know. But enough about plays. It's time we move on to to some memes, some mid season memes. So we've got two two awards to give out for the memes. The first one is best trash talk. So my best trash talk. In general, basically, just comes from the London Spitfire social media manager. Because, um, oh my goodness, the one that I picked was after they got eliminated from the by the Florida Mayhem in the tournament. 
You know, London Spitfire, they tweet pain. GG's Florida Mayhem. Good to see you start trash talking now that you've won. And Florida Mayhem goes, enjoy the flight home. And what does London <laughs> respond with? You tell that to us, but not Adam? <laughs> SMH. <laughs> and Dante, Dante just responds with, jeez, then all caps. Yeah, I don't know who the Spitfire has running their Twitter, but I love that person. It's they are just... brilliant. It's and I think so funny. Yeah, I think just best trash talk mm. award goes to Spitfire's Twitter, their social media manager. Uh, oh, because man. mine also came from them. It was just, I feel oh. like you could just take any tweet from them and it's fire. This, the one that I happened this, to grab. This tweet, I, I sent it to you when they, I was yeah, like, I don't okay, even London. know, like, that wasn't I don't think I necessarily even agree with it. Like, I think it's, it's a little bit of a hot it's take. So but it's so funny. Outlaws versus Defiant in the lower bracket. How are you going to put two teams that deserve to get O2'd out of the tournament against one another, SMH? I just, the London Spitfire social media. I mean, I was thinking, I was potentially thinking of giving it to, like, Unter, because anytime Unter did, like, post-match interviews, he always was just, it's like, I don't remember who it was. Was it was it Unter or was it Reiner who, like, called APAC, like, the Mickey Mouse region? <laughs> oh, I can't remember, yeah. So it's like, I was thinking of giving it to, like, some of the Glads players, but then I just remembered all of London Spitfire's tweets. It's just so good. Like, early on in the season, the, the, the Shock had some good tweets, but, like, when they beat Spitfire in Paris and their, like, updated map of Europe just dropped, and it was, like, the UK <laughs> and Paris and London and um, France just didn't exist. But London, yeah. in the in the second tournament cycle, just... Oh, they've just been so then, on then fire. The, then the Outlaws... Well, then the, and the Outlaws underneath it go, who are you? And they post a picture of the standings and showing them <laughs> above the Spitfire. <laughs> like, this season has probably been the best in terms of track. Talk. Well, and even like in game, you've had a lot of like trash talking I just, in like, all the, chat, and when, it's beautiful. Like when the the mayhem played against the Titans, they were like, "Titans, are you okay?" And when Hydron was <laughs> no. like, "Lock Widow, Lock Widow, or no win," and I just, oh my goodness! And when when and my favorite one though was when the Justice were playing the Shock in the kickoff clash, and they came rolling out on Control Center with Arissa and Shock steamroll them, and the coach oh, yeah. Krusty just types in chat, "What was that?" <laughs> that was actually. I was so tempted to put that as the what were so they cooking good. moment. Because so, like, this season has definitely so had funny. some of the best trash talk in chat. And it's like during the midseason madness when they were just across the room from each other and just throwing birds oh, at yeah. each other. Like, so good. It's just so good. But we move away from trash talk, and now we go to the actual, the actual memes. So I have several for this. So I, I'll let you start with this because I have like some runner-ups and stuff. So I've what? got two words for you. Uh-oh. Professional organization. Oh, no. I just think the recurring theme of professional organization is is it, it's so stupid and so funny. And I think it's great. And I love it. And I love the addition to uh, Overwatch lore, you know? Uh. With the whole and then it didn't. I think it was it was it Toronto Defiant then that came out with their own. It was like a, an organized group or something like the step down. Yeah, it was something different. It wasn't quite. Yeah, yeah, and it was like I just think down, it's the step down from professional organization. It was like organized group or something. Yeah, and I think it's wonderful, and I love it. And uh, that's a good I one. think 
Overwatch needs more professional organization. That's, that's a really that's a really good one. So I've got a few. Um, so my first one, I think not. It's not best single meme, but it's literally anything that comes out of Bad Pachamari's Twitter. Because <laughs> this man, this guy, every match without fail is guaranteed to pump out a banger. Just guaranteed. <laughs> Like Bad Pachamari is constantly pumping out the most quality of memes, especially in relation to the Philadelphia Fusion. <laughs> and but it's just I love Bad Pachamari's Twitter is just I mean he makes some quality content out of his. I just it's just it's so good. Um, but that that's like any in terms of the best memes that I've seen, it's come from Bad Pachamari. But I, we've got mm-hmm. some few others. My another one is. Is a is Jake Despair? Have you seen the Jake Despair? I've seen a little bit of Jake Despair. Good old, good old Jake Despair. So the reason that this one is so funny is because yeah, you know, I watched the Abbas Companion stream for the for for matches, and it's like this one and the one that I'll mention next are just like two of the best emotes that he has, and get, it's just so it's so applicable. It's just so good, and but this goes along with a recurring theme with several teams in the league who have like the strangest like match result and map result posts on social media where they have like images that don't match the result it's like a you know it's like someone's like all angry like happy or like roaring or something and it's like they've lost uh but speaking of which uh the washington justice have exactly that uh it's roar or uh, mag like having like a roar face <laughs> and it says map count down oh one <laughs> and it's like a we lost you know? <laughs> they're just like so many teams do this like the the outlaws the jake despair it's like when they were up it was in color and then when they lost the match they just grayscaled it <laughs> and the justice basically any series it's just the same still image of one of their players whether it's like a positive still image or not win or lose it's the same one it's the same one that's terrible but my favorite meme actually this season is just the Washington Justice in general and just how much they've turned literally the entire community against them to the point where casters, you know, Custa and Avast and myself just we won't even pred we just won't even pred them anymore. It's so it's gotten to a point where we just go, no. Uh, it's no, the justice. It's the justice. <laughs> like the justice they, uh... as an organization are the biggest meme of 2022 right now and they're pretty consistent with how terrible they are i just i it's like when they post it's like oh congratulations titans you tried it's like uh, justice i don't think you have any right to be bragging yeah. over that good good job justice good job good, justice good, you want a good job yeah what do you want it's just there have been so many memes this season but it's like i do feel like all of this year's memes pale in comparison to last year's breadstick arc because that is like that the breadsticks of last year go down in the in the annals of overwatch overwatch league history is the single greatest storyline over the course of an entire season for it's like for all of the saddest reasons that they had to continuously drop the requirements for breadsticks because they couldn't get to them so tragic like that goes up there with like season one stage four nyxl sandbagging like 
it's i just feel like this season it hasn't quite gotten to like longevity memes yet we just aren't there no like professional organization is good but i feel like lately it's just you don't it's not really talked about as much whereas last year was like breadsticks from beginning to end single greatest pr campaign i have ever seen from an organization It was pretty dang solid. All right. Well, now enough messing around. We'll get to some. Well, now let's get back to some more serious stuff. So now serious. I want to to talk about who we think, which team do we think will have the second, the biggest second half comeback in the season, and which team we think will flop the most in the second half of the season. So let's start with comeback. Which team do you think that currently is kind of not in the greatest spot, but will be able to make a comeback to push towards the countdown cut play-ins at the very least at the end of the season? This was kind of a, a tricky uh, tricky thing for me to figure out because it's like, out of the teams that, like, I, I think the teams that didn't make this tournament don't really stand a chance of making the next tournament. Um, I think one possibility that I didn't go with is probably the Hunters. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, I, I don't think they'll be able to crack the top well, four. And unfor- well, I... The hunters could, in terms of summer showdown, since points reset. Yeah, like but they, but I I think just skill wise, I don't think that they crack the top four. Okay. Um. That being said, I I think one team that's looked really bad recently that I think could really turn it around, um, is a team that looked really solid early in the season. I think the fuel. I, I think they look terrible right now. I think they can turn it around. Yeah, see, the problem with the fuel, though, is they're fourth place in NA. So it's like there's not much to come back from in terms of stand. Like, if you look Although, at the record and standings. I'm, I'm not saying standings themselves necessarily, but, like, performance-wise. Okay, Because yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't say they perform like the top four teams. No, the, the, they, don't, the they definitely did not deserve that fourth yeah. seed. But I think by the end of the season, they could. Let's you know, I, I think... It's like definitely compared to last year, they've fallen off. But what worries me is I don't even see how the fuel mount that comeback because it's not like they're, they're not fixing their problems. To me, their biggest problem is their DPS line is not up to par with the other top table DPS lines in the NA, and they're not doing anything to fix it. So they're really just relying on a meta shift to, for them to be able to play like their Moira comps and playing Winston. But it's like if we go into Junker Queen, how the heck are Dallas Fuel going to compete? I, it's I just, could see it. I, well, no, because you're going to have to play Sojourn. Gurio has not been doing a whole... It's just, I, I don't think the Fuel... I don't know if the Fuel have... They aren't making the changes necessary to mount any sort of comeback from where they are. And that's just kind of the unfortunate bit for them. It's like, that's also why you can't pick the Hunters. It's like, their biggest weakness is... They just don't have the depth. Now, the Hunters, I think, so are who, more... The Hunters are more likely than the Fuel, though, because if so they who go... who do you pick? I'm... So, for me, I'm basing comeback just on relative performance in the first half of the season versus what it could be in the second half of the season. And my pick is actually the Guangzhou Charge because of who they just signed. Because now, instead of Choice 01 and uh develop and uh who is it the da, 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 their doomfist player uh exa- eileen now they yeah. have choice 01 aprita and jimmy which is an upgrade and then they dropped uh their other support and they picked up you know name change the 
Xerneas. Is that what his name is? So it's like, I uh, think Xerneas, yeah. Charge have upgraded their roster, and they also dropped Rio, so they just have Krong, and Krong has actually been playing okay. So mm -hmm. I think compared to where they were, Charge will make a comeback from where they were. Because I think that the Charge, with the talent they have, could overtake the Valiant, and I think that's all they need... I think they just need to get sixth place to be able to start into play-ins for the last. Do you think they spot. have any chance of making it past play-ins? That's the thing. We'd have to see because it's like I. It would depend on meta because like I could they beat the Chengdu Hunters if the Chengdu Hunters are able to play Sojourn Genji like contenders are. Well, then I think they'll be okay because you know Jinmu. <laughs> lucky for them, Jinmu plays Genji. Um... Uh, <laughs> But it's like, it really depends on how good Jimmy is coming in. And Aprita, I mean, we, Aprita is a good player and we were excited yeah. for him to be on the Hunters. So if Aprita is able to do what we expect him to do, and then the backline of, of Molly and Xerneas is able to perform well and Krong's able to do his thing, I think the charge could definitely at least jump into sixth and pro it might be able to at least compete with Hunters. And I mm -hmm. think that that is a more likely comeback and makes more sense than Fuel because Fuel aren't doing anything to change whereas Charge have done roster overhauls and are, are making changes. Uh, my honorable mention yeah. for this, though, was the Boston Uprising. Yeah, I, think, I, I was going to Because Uprising are already well. a decent yeah. team, and their weakness was in DPS, and they signed Seeker, who I think is a Tracer... I think he's like a Tracer hitscan player. I'd have to double-check on that. Let me check. Because, uh, like, Valentine Victoria is in... He looks like he's a Widow Ash McCree. Yeah, okay, so he, would, he, would, play, he would play over Victoria then. And I would think he's probably an upgrade over Victoria, which is what they need, because they have a good team. I mean, Punk is a good tank, and then their backline of Crimzo, MCD, and Faith is, isn't, like world class but i definitely think it's good enough to compete with some teams and mm -hmm. realistically all boston needs to do is overtake like justice defiant mayhem and i think they can compete with them once seeker is is integrated into the team in fact it may be more it, boston may be more likely to get into a good spot than charges just because of how mm -hmm. weird apac is because like i there's no way i'm i'm even considering a justice comeback please no i don't want to see them in another tournament ever again and but it's like any team under boston it's like there's there's no hope for that i mean new york's <laughs> not doing anything they just fired their coach no. toronto i mean vancouver just dropped shockwave and they signed king i'm like okay what the heck are you doing vancouver paris is doing jack all so it's like yeah. i the only team i could see that's not currently in the top standings that i think has a chance to get in there would be boston boston so it's kind of like a tie between boston and charge i think boston being the more likely one to be able to make splashes because i think they made change the, they made changes in the region as a whole has more open spots and more teams for them to compete against whereas charge there's only six other teams for them to try and beat and most of them are way better than they will ever be. So it's kind of unlucky. Yeah. But it is what it is. But now what about the flip side of things? A team that is doing well that will flop. Or at least at the very least won't do as well as they did at the, the start of the season. So it's like a team anywhere basically that it basically made the tournament. Except maybe like Defiant and Mayhem. Because I don't think that they can really flop all that far. Because they're already... They're not, there's no way they get worse. They're already yeah. they're mid table. So it's like basically top table teams in both regions who had a decent first half of the season at the very least. Who who is your pick to flop a little bit, to drop down slightly under Okay, I don't know that they'll drop all the way. But, but from I think where they we're are. gonna 
I, I think we're going to see a drop from the Dragons. Really? Yeah, I, I think, you know, as the season's gone on, mm-hmm. they've, you know, they have good weeks, you know. Yeah. But generally, I feel like they just aren't keeping up with the progress other teams are making. And I think that's going to be continue. That's continuing to be a trend. And I think it'll keep being a trend as the season goes on. And I think part of it is just they, they aren't able to adjust to the 5v5 as well as the other teams. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I can, I yeah, I can definitely see the Dragons. I mean, the Dragons are third in standings in APAC. But it's like they won't drop cuz I mean, they can't drop very far. I think they could drop below Fusion, but there's like that's probably it. They drop a spot. Yeah. But I think they will drop in in performance. Drop in performance and they may not be able to perform in tournaments all too much. Yeah. Um and and it depends on the meta, but I, I think like you said, there's just not a they haven't looked very confident in six v six, and it's like the fuel are the same way. And I considered picking the fuel for flop because I definitely think that come end of season, I don't the fuel I don't think are going to be top five in standings. I think Outlaws will jump them, and Atlanta should jump them as well, and London might even jump them. I mean, fuel may not even be top six. They may have to do play-ins in the Countdown mm-hmm. Cup to make end of season playoffs because they just. Their DPS line is not really cutting it right now, and I don't know how things are going to change. I mean, if they go in, if we go into a Junker Queen meta, what the heck are Dallas doing? I I don't. It's like, can Fearless or I mean, I maybe they can play. You know, the the Junker Queen. I I don't. I don't really. I don't know. I don't know. So like my my flop actually actually is going to be the fuel now i'm actually changing my answer um not that what was your answer i was actually going to say the outlaws a little bit because the outlaws are fourth but the thing is it's like i think the outlaws might luck out if junker queen becomes meta yeah i was going to say i think they do okay in a junker queen meta it's like i was considering saying them just because it's like if it's not a junker queen meta it's going to be rough for them but i think junker queen and doomfist will be meta enough that they'll just play it because i'm genuinely convinced that they just may have dante play junker queen <laughs> and dante mm-hmm. may just be a junker queen doom player and it was like when i looked at the the downsides for the outlaws i was like no actually they probably would be okay and fine because at least the outlaws have their niche comps that will work against mid table and low teams whereas dallas i don't even know what their niche is that works against mid table teams because it you know doesn't work against mid table teams like yeah it'd be yeah. london but london was also not playing their signature comps which mm-hmm. seems to be a theme for London. Yeah. But it's like, it's I, I, when I look at those mid-table teams, there's no team that screams, get ready for disappointment more than the Dallas Fuel. Because there's no way Shock and Glad drop off a cliff. Like, they're basically meta-proof. Atlanta Rain will find their way to win things, and the Outlaws will be able to niche their way through it. And, like, you could say London might drop a little bit if you go into a Junker Queen meta, but I feel like they might be able, they might just ride yeah, Reinhardt say, until they, they can't anymore. Yeah. And I it's like the Defiant and the Mayhem, they're not going to drop because they're not going to lose the teams below them. They are mid-table, about as mid-table as it gets, and they're not going to lose the teams below them. Whereas Fuel could genuinely lose to the other mid-table teams from 5th to 8th to pretty pretty easily, honestly. Yeah, I, th- I honestly, I think the Fuel could go either way. I think a lot of it depends on the meta um, as the season progresses. And not just this next split but i mean the split after because cycle but the one after that as well because like 
lot can change in meta, and the fuel have the right players for yeah, certain metas. Like, careful with that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think they're the, the most... Um, like, I, I think they're one of the more vulnerable to meta shift team comps out there. I mean, teams out there. Yeah, they, they are. They are definitely not meta-proof just because their DPS line doesn't really allow for it, and their tank line... Peerless looks best on Winston and Hanbin looks best on Zarya Sigma, but it's like I don't we're not going into a Zarya Sigma meta. We're going into Junker Queen. Yeah. Like Reinhardt probably. And uh who's playing the Junker Queen? Fearless? Hanbin? It's gonna be uh it's gonna be Junker Queen uh Orisa. That's oh gonna be the meta. Goodness, that would be something. And we're going to see an Orisa, a Hottie Orisa. Hottie Orisa. Ah, oh, that means Mag can finally pull it out. Here we go. <laughs> oh man so biggest spot so that's all right so enough of that so now we want to build some all-star rosters mid-season all-star teams based on you know first half season form so the way that we built these is each team we kind of built them to be meta proof in some ways so three dps two tanks three supports basically like the setup that the glad glads have to help them have the rotation they need uh so why don't you who are your who are your three dps with three dps you three put dps on your okay team? you might think that these aren't all the best choice but oh boy i think they are so okay. number one proper of okay course. of course yeah and then, just because I think Sojourn is kind of here to stay, and I think I wanted some Atlanta representation, <laughs> I went with Kai. Okay, I, that's respectable. And then I wanted to go something a little different, because those two, I think, can fill, you know, most holes that you need filled. Mm -hmm. I went with uh, Backbone. For just literally May? For just the May, because <laughs> the if May. you're running, because if you're running a rush comp, there's no DPS player I'd want more than Backbone. No, I think Backbone's fair. May wall placement and stuff like that is insane. And if you have Proper and Kai, you don't really need anyone else. I, I think the okay. the May is kind of uh, worth having Backbone wow, for. That, so I think that is my, not something that I even considered. But I I understand your reasoning, and I I will. Yeah. I think that's that's good reasoning. So my my DPS is proper. I feel like proper has. If you have an all star yeah. team and proper isn't in your DPS line, you're you're really doing something weird. So I have proper, and then I was also thinking like the the soldier and the hard hit scan. I went with shy, because okay. shy in the mid season tournament was dunking heads, left right yeah. and center. So like proper shy, that's kind of nasty. <laughs> And then to fill out the gap, and because you know, if if you know, for for whatever reason, if hard hit scan isn't meta, and you're wanting to run like, you know, tracer Genji, tracer Pharah, I went with Kevster as my third DPS because you could then run Kevster proper, and like proper can play Sojourn and stuff if you're like not needing a hard hit scan, and Kevster can still cover the Genji and the tracer and stuff. So yeah. I think that three headed DPS of proper shy Kevster can cover most metas that you'd need because it's like if hit scan is meta but it's not hard meta then proper can play the hit scan but if it's like yeah. hard meta then you run proper shy all the time and it's like mm -hmm. that seems really scary yeah i can see that <laughs> so that those were my three dps and I, that and i wanted to give apac some representation in the dps yeah, category I, that's one thing that as a general rule i i was pretty bad at this whole coming up with things is uh i realized like I don't 
have a lot of APAC represented in in my top players and stuff. And it's not because they aren't top players. Well, I feel like North America is so just much the teams. Better. Yeah, North America is just so much more consistent. So if if mine seems a little west uh, well, favored, yeah. All right. So what's your what's your what's your what tank is. line? Who, who's your your two uh, tank, tank line? I feel like you and I probably have the same because I feel like it's the right answer. Probably. I mean, uh, so Reiner, of mm-hmm. course, of course. And then I put Mikey as the second because I feel like. See, um, I I can see the Mikey pick, but I also don't see the Mikey pick because Mikey plays the same things Reiner does. So why would you ever pick why, like you would never play Mikey over Reiner? So like my tank line, I picked the tank line where you would play the other tank. So I did Reiner Kaluge because Kaluge okay. is an off tank yeah. player. So it's like if they're needing Diva Sigma. Zarya, well then Kaluj is playing, but if it's main tanks, then Reiner's gonna play. Because if you do Reiner Mikey, when is Mikey ever gonna be playing? Oh. Reiner's ball's not bad though. Yeah. He's got a point. <laughs> so it's like I, I went with a tank line where both tanks would see playtime dependent on metas. And it's like uh-huh. I was thinking of going with space, but it's space only play we've only seen him play sigma whereas kaluge has been inconsistently and can play diva can play sigma and can also play winston if needed yeah so i feel like playing reiner having a reiner kaluge tank line would give you a lot of flexibility in terms of who you want to play and even if you played kaluge in you could still play winston if you wanted to yeah. and it kind of gives you that flexibility. i totally meant to put kaluge down <laughs> 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 I'd like to change my answer. <laughs> no, it's one of those things I was just rushing through, and I was yeah, like, I was like yeah. Mikey Reiner doesn't make any sense no. at all. <laughs> yeah, and it I was feel a, like you you could but, make an yeah. argument for like Reiner Hawk if you wanted to, but I feel like Kaluge, yeah, and I thought about doing Hawk, I but I feel like, like Hawk just hasn't been quite as well. Consistent and like Hawk's Kaluge. best hero is his Doomfist, but Reiner's Doomfist is not is probably arguably better yeah, I than feel like honestly you don't even need doom ah, just run reiner dante easy you have the doom yeah. fist and then that's it <laughs> uh so all right so close it up back line who are your supports okay my three i felt like okay first of all since i was kind of thinking of rush anyway <laughs> i was like we need a solid lucio player of course. i went with funny astro of course because who else would who you else? go with and then, since I was thinking of things that rhyme with funny astro, I went lastro because uh, I feel like he's just really solid, you know? And um, yeah, and so I went with lastro. You went with lastro. I went with lastro. Okay. Okay. And then I went with the ultraviolet. Ultraviolet. Okay. My camera's doing funky things. I just fixed it. Sorry, video watchers. You just watched me go frozen and audio flicker for some dumb reason. Ignoring that. So you had Funny Astro, Lastro, and Ultraviolet. That's yeah. in- that's interesting that you went with Lastro. I can understand Ultraviolet. Yeah. But the Lastro pick is 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 it because part of it part of it. like the, the flex support main support flexibility that Lastro's been showing? Yeah, I wanted the flexibility. I also wanted um some outlaws representation because i felt like you know is one of the top teams i hadn't had and i felt like he's he's just really solid he's he's got some variety in it um and he kind of covers the holes that uv and funny astro might have okay okay and i so, felt like it was it was pretty good okay so with me i also want funny astro because it's like there's the, he's the best lucio in the yeah. league by like a mile 
But then for me, what I was going through, I was like, on a Zen is primarily what you're wanting. And I was like, who's the best Zen player in the league? Uh, I don't think you can really say it's anyone but Shu. Yeah. So I went with Shu. And then as my other flex support, I went with Violet, actually. Because I feel like Violet, he's the he, he can play Ana and Zen, just like Ultraviolet. But mm-hmm. Violet also has the Lucio pick as well. Yeah, that's so true. So it's like Violet, I picked Violet similar to the reason why you picked Lastro. But like Lastro just plays Zen. He's like Zen Brig mm-hmm. Lucio, whereas Violet is Zen Ana Lucio. And I think he can play he can play Brig as well. So you would yeah. primarily run Shoe Violet. And that's a, yeah, good luck jumping that back line. Mm-hmm. And then when Funny True. Astro's in, it's like you're either running Shoe, Funny Astro, or Violet, Funny Astro, and you could pay, basically interchange them, basic, just kind of on like, are you going to play more on, or are you going to play more Zen? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was I was like really close to just going Gladiator's backline, but I was like, no, 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 I got to put Violet yeah, in I, there. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I decided for a lot of these picks, it's like, I don't know that it necessarily would be my... Well, I, mean, I, I wanted to have some variety, you know, because you don't want to just. Pick, I can the... I can get behind the ultraviolet pick because he is cracked out of his mind. Yeah, but the he's last insane. Row, the last row pick I question over the shoe pick because I think if you're just going for like Zen players, shoe is definitely better than Lastro. And like I guess it's like you go with Lastro ultraviolet to have the good on a Zen with the Zen having the flex, whereas I went with on a Zen having the Ana have the, Ana have the flex. flex. Yeah. So like we kind of went with two separate ways but then it's like the only difference that we really had is you went with kai backbone and you went with backbone for rush and i went with hard hit scan because i think shy is the best hit scan in the world and then i yeah. went with kevster because i think if you're running rush you run kevster proper because proper's may hasn't been i mean proper basically is just a god at every hero he touches so yeah that's true and it's like by having proper in playing may rather than backbone if you have to swap off of rush you can whereas if you have backbone in there yeah good luck swapping off of rush and having a successful map you you, you don't need anything but rush though rush works always like, if every we've learned time, anything every time i every time i think of backbone like having to swap off of may i just think back to the super clip it's like people are getting mad at my genji but it's backbone buddy <laughs> <laughs> like every time i think of backbone on other years i just think of that super clip towards the beginning of the season but his may is insane his may, he is the best may in the league but it's like i oh, don't, yeah. don't want to have all of my eggs in the May basket because it's like when you could well, all of my eggs are in the proper Kai basket but it's Backbone's like, just there for the ride <laughs> it's like when we if we compared our because our main roster is basically I would have proper shy versus proper Kai proper Kai versus proper shy I would proper shy probably wins that one just because shy his ceiling is crazy our tank lines would come out dead even, obviously. And yeah. then and then our back lines, it's like, if Funny Astro's in, then the only difference is Shu versus Lastro. Or Vi- it's like, it would be, th- those would be really good yeah. teams. It would be a, a fun uh, series to watch. Fun, fun series. Uh, anyways, that's all of the organized uh, awards that we that we had organized. Are there any that you want to just spitball, spitball out and on the moment, on the spot, throw yeah, out some uh, awards? The one award that I wanted to say that wasn't on there was the the biggest tragedy, the Shakespearean tragedy, <laughs> Shakespearean of, of, the tragedy. of the season. Um, 
I feel like this season started and I was really hyped after like one or two weeks about two teams. Okay. I was super hyped. And coming into the season, I was kind of hyped about both of them as well. Um, One was uh, obviously London. Okay, yeah, of course. And that team, of course, is doing great. The I love opposite, London. They're the amazing. The opposite of a, of a Greek tragedy. Yeah. Uh, and then you have the mayhem, which are ah, so tragic. Because oh. after one or two weeks, I was so stoked for them. I was so excited. And they looked so oh. solid. And then to watch them fall, it's been yeah, tragic. Yeah, but like, to say that they fell is like, I mean, they... I mean, they didn't go to and out in the tournament. Like, Florida weren't even expected at the beginning of the season to be able to make a tournament. Yeah, but after one or two weeks, it was like, I had, like, mega hopium for them. It's and like, then... Ah, that's that's a tough one, because I would say Dallas... I mean, Dallas isn't my pick. But I mean, but I didn't care about Dallas. Dallas is it's whatever. Like, coming like, into the season, we didn't expect that anything out of Florida and London. And it's like, yeah, Florida hasn't done as well as London, but Florida isn't bad. They're just a, they're a mid-table team with Toronto. They're looking really bad right now, though. They it's, just it's, beat London. In tournament, it doesn't count. Tournaments don't count. It's like I I don't think that I don't think that that's merited towards the mayhem because it's like they weren't even supposed to do this. Well, supposed no, to. No, I know like, they're doing they're doing well. All things considered, it's like if I were doing... if, if I were to look at one team and point at them and be like, "What have you done from the beginning, like coming into the season to now?" I'm looking at that one and eleven New York team and going, "What are you doing?" Yeah. What yeah, in heaven's name true. is this New York Excelsior team doing? Like, because I can't look at Justice and say they're disappointing because they're just the Justice. That's they're the just, Justice. It's, it's what you expect. It's built in. Yeah. It's, it's it's locked in. And it's like Titans were destined to be disappointment. Paris were destined to be a disappointment. Boston are doing okay. Mayhem are doing okay. London's exceeding expectations. But then there's just New York, who I thought was going to be like competing with like Toronto and Washington. And what do they do? They signed three flex supports and fire their main their their head coach halfway through the season. I'm like, huh, huh, New York, huh? How are you making Yaki? I mean, and it's like they had like some moments in the midseason tournament, like where they took Dallas and and Houston to five, but it required Gangnam Jin and Yaki to go Super Saiyan. Yeah, which those two have moments where it's just they're insane. But like the rest of the team shouldn't be this bad. (laughs) It shouldn't be this bad. Because it's like, I look at other teams around the league, and it's like, I look to APAC, and it's like, I guess you could say Dragons have been somewhat disappointing, but, like, that's a stretch, maybe. But they're just inconsistent. Like, like, I feel like... You can't say Hunters are a disappointment because they just were unfortunate with their roster. Like, Charge, we expected them to be hot garbage. Valiant, we expected them to not be good. It's like, if you look recently, though, you could say Dynasty have been a disappointment, but that was just one tournament. It's uh-huh. like the only team that I look at. I'm like, what are you doing? It's New York every week. I'm like, what are you do? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. What are what were you, what are you cooking, New York? What are you cooking? <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, yeah, enough enough that's of that. Fun. So mid season tournament, we're halfway through the season. Things are interesting moving forward. Uh. Contenders is doing their own thing, and we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> uh, contenders yeah. doing really their own thing, and l- new patches have come through. It's I don't I have 
no idea what's going to happen next week. Straight up, without the faintest clue. So next week's episode is going to be interesting. So next week, I believe APAC is starting a week later, as usual, just because they have less teams. So next week will just be, what, 13 North American matches or something like that? So next week yeah, we'll do something like that. what we usually do. We'll predict all of the North American matches, and then we'll talk about uh, potential meta implications from what contenders have been doing from what patch is going to be played from what we've been hearing and what we've been seeing and why everybody can why the community insists on calling every comp goats uh <laughs> and yeah we will go from there and yeah i've got nothing else so I no think, i think we're good i think with that we will leave you all for another matchless week looking forward to next week's pandemonium We'll see you all next week. Take care. Bye-bye.